I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Hello, my fellow DDP Yoga Warriors. It is Wednesday night, 9 o'clock p.m. here on the East Coast. A little different time uh, for Hayden, but uh, welcome to another episode of DDP Radio right here on DDPRadio.com. As always, the one, the only, Stacey Morris. the uh, the female voice of reason here on the DDP Radio podcast. How are you, Stacy? The shot of estrogen. I'm good. How's everybody? <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, of course, uh, we have uh, the one, the only, the uh, backbone of the DDP Yoga organization, Mr. Robert McLaren. How are you, brother? Oh, doing good, man. And, and I'm really proud of you because I heard uh, through the grapevine that you did a lot of practice on hood ornaments today. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to discuss that in just a <laughs> But uh you are wicked. We have to uh we have to bring on of course all the way from across the pond. It is like miserable o'clock where he is, so he's like a saint for staying up with us, uh per usual. Uh we have the one and only he is the god of thunder and rock and roll, Mr. Hayden Walden. How are you, brother? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? Ah, good, good. And I guess we, we should start off with uh the, uh, with the, the the thing that Robert said, and I just want to put this out there. Like, do you remember back in WCW? We have a lot of wrestling fans on this podcast uh, who listen to it and are on it. Remember back in WCW where the the monster truck rally with Hulk Hogan versus the Giant, and Giant got thrown off of Cobo Hall, the roof of Cobo Hall, yes. and came back yeah. that night and won the world championship. Remember that? Well, yep. Michael oh, yeah. D. And Mullen, they never explained it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Michael D. Mullins just this afternoon was hit by a car and still picked himself up, dragged himself to this desk to make radio magic for you listeners of DDP Radio. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, the, car, the car has been totaled. <laughs> <laughs> the car is now suing me for damages. <laughs> yeah. More like broken uh, yeah, no. hood ornament than hood ornament. <laughs> Uh, as Robert put uh, the hood ornament gimmick. Uh, yeah, I, I was walking out, grabbing some groceries out of my trunk. There was an SUV blocking my way, and I walked out in front of it and got hit in the hip and the ass by a car. Went up or over the hood and threw me off. And uh, right now, I feel like uh, I'm not going to move through the space like anytime soon. Uh, pretty sore, but uh, all's well that ends well. And uh, besides the headache and a little banged up. Uh, I'm alive, much to the chagrin of uh, many people who follow me on Facebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm glad you're here, Mike, and I, 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 you got to just get some x-rays and make sure you're okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll play it safe. I won't be stupid with it. Um, I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye you on it. You say things, that now. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Next week when you're, when you're uh, doing the Mike Mullins Memorial Tribute Show, <laughs> throw this point out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or as Robert will put it, the Mike Mullins Memorial, uh, get the hell out of the show. Um, yes, yes. <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry. But we, we have a fun show uh, scheduled for you tonight. And we were, we had some things I came up with that I want to talk about. And I emailed Stacy and Hayden and Robert to kind of you know bring up this subject. And uh, I'm going to give you like a little heads up of what it is right now. It's called, the head and the heart we was going to want the kind of concept for the radio show this week. 
and it's uh, it's kind of like a finding uh, your, within yourself the mindset and the mentality that you need to succeed in something, and also finding the heart. Uh, also, you have the analytical reasons why you want to do something, but also the heart where you have the deeply personal reasons that you need to be driven to do something. And it's a combination of both uh, that really will drive a human being to make changes. You know, the head, the information that I have, the knowledge, the education that I have uh, that's telling me that this is what's right for my life. And then the heart, um, whether it be your kids, your wife, uh, your your daughter, um, your family, your parents, uh, whatever it is that may drive your heart to make improvements in your life. Um, and it's a, quite a balance between both. And we kind of wanted to uh, open up the show to the listeners if anyone wanted to call in and let us know uh, how you kind of manage the head and the heart and how that propels you forward um, to make serious changes. And it really is a mindset switch that you need to do before you, I've always said when I first started DDP Yoga back in 2011, the first thing that I had to do was get my head straight. And I still to this day think it was the most important thing that I did in my journey. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's quite a big thing straight away, isn't it? Getting your head in gear before you even decide what you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's so important. And it's one of those things that's, you know, when you look at like a weight loss program on the internet or you look at, you know, a diet magazine or whatever it is, uh, the head and the brain and the mind is probably the leading cause of the majority of people's uh, weight gain and, and road to unhealthiness. But it's few and far between is it really focused on in the healing process of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Stacy has dealt with this uh, quite a bit. But the thing that actually drove me to uh, kind of think of this subject this week was I watched a documentary the other, uh, last night when I emailed you guys uh, called uh, Call Me Lucky. And uh, it was one of the best documentaries I've, I've seen in a long time, besides, of course, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, available on iTunes and Netflix. Um, but anyways, <laughs> but um, it, it, was, it was such an amazing documentary. And it took me in a, in a turn that I didn't think it was going to take. It was a documentary about a, a comedian named Barry Crimmins. And he was a pretty pretty well-known comedian back in the 80s. And he, he had been you know featured on TV. He's had spots in movies. He owned one of the most successful uh, comedy club in America. And he kind of disappeared. And he went on stage one night. And what people thought well, he was having kind of a meltdown, not really was a meltdown, but more uh, an episode of truth where he had recently come to uh, pull up some dark memories from his past. He had been... Uh, raped uh, at four years old several, several times by a babysitter. And it was just a a violent, traumatic uh, experience for him. And he kind of spoke about it on stage and then disappeared for a while. People didn't know where he was, but he was actually on the ground floor of the America Online when that was first coming out. He was looking out for help from other survivors of that problem. And um, he was realizing that there was this network of child pornography that was... um, flooding the internet sorry <laughs> um, and uh, you know he noticed that it was just an easy trade it was like a hub for people to trade this pornography so he started doing research and really getting his shit, his shit together and pulling all this information and actually brought it to the police testified against uh, in, in, in Congress about this problem and actually made to long term uh, changes and huge uh, you know laws and in, in, in legislation that came from this and he pretty much wrote the book on, on the por- child pornography uh, uh, legislation and it was really inspiring because it told the story about how he took his darkest moments and he took his, the thing that stuck with him more than anything else in his life and has been a wolf on his back for his entire life and he propelled that into a positive and he turned that negative thing into his life that still haunts him to this day but he used to harness that energy to save so many more people from doing uh, what happened to him to other people. And it was just really empowering, a really inspiring documentary. I'd recommend you check it out. It's called Call Me Lucky. And it was, it was just a really, it got really dark and then it got really hopeful. And it's one of those things that your biggest, uh, I'm going to use the word disability, the thing that's hindering you the most can be also be the thing that you turn around and make your life's work and drive you to make the greater good for so many other people. 
and I, 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 I know that a lot of people in the DDP yoga community and elsewhere will take their their tragedy or their shortcomings and turn it into what drives them. And I think there's really an importance to that, like importance to taking your biggest fears, your biggest weakness, and using that to become your strengths. Uh, Hayden, I know that, uh, you know, you, you've, you've, you've battled, of course, adversities in your life. You've, you know, you've been a drummer a long time. But you, you got to a point where you were overweight. You were Are you happy. saying that's a, an adversity? <laughs> no, no. Yes, <laughs> <You're a drummer. laughs> No, no. Wow, I thought I'd but left that know, life behind. No, sorry. Yeah. No, you know, you know what I'm, you know, you know what I mean, Like, you know, you, 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 you need that physical aspect. Uh, drumming is yeah. a very physical part of what you do. And when you get yourself to a point of unhealthiness, um, the thing that you, that you're so proud of and kind of defines you in a way, it, it becomes more difficult and you need to challenge yourself and kind of redirect that. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I mean, for me, the whole journey for starting DDP yoga in the first place started with a, a mental shift and a realization that I got a neck injury and I couldn't feel my fingers, so I was struggling to play. Aside from that, if you want to bring the heart into it as well, I was getting married like 18 months down the line, and I didn't want to be in the state that I was in at the time. So there was a mental shift, and also, obviously, my heart was playing a big part in that as well, because I just didn't want to be that person anymore. Um, And I just kind of realized that as soon as you start doing something positive to rehabilitate any injuries and start sort of focusing on weight loss and things like that, your life is going to improve anyway, full stop. Everybody's going to have a different look at you as a person. You're... Outlook, your own personality comes across brighter to everybody else around you. So things started to change, not just in my personal life, but in my business life as well. I started getting more work offers and gigs and things like that started to come back that had disappeared because I wasn't necessarily the person I should have been. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. And, uh, Robert, I know you, you know we always talk about Robert has a different set of uh, you know challenges he has to overcome because he hasn't had the weight issue. But like Robert, I know for a fact that that you deal with struggles on your own, and we as we all do. And sometimes, like, what do you how do you drive yourself to kind of move forward from that? Like everyone's got their issues, and, and it's always said that like you know great things like great men, uh, great women, they never uh, make huge changes in society from a place of complacency. That, that that hollowness that you're trying to fill, that void you're trying to, uh, you know, change, the bad that you're trying to turn into a good is always what makes huge, everlasting change. Um, usually a negative is what propels something to be great. Uh, what inspires you to move on with whatever you choose to move on to? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Me. I mean, you. Yeah, he doesn't okay. always think it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can phrase it a different way because I'm not quite sure how to to answer that question. But okay, so you are curious. You're really good with art and stuff like that. You just created that that piece for Stevie uh, Richards that, with his animals, and it was friggin' brilliant. And you know, you used oh, a really you. kind of complex, uh, you know, photoshopping uh, thing, but it's. It's a skill that you need to teach yourself. It's a skill that I can't go on there and do what you just did. How do you kind of drive yourself with your art? How you do amazing graphic design? What inspires you to kind of become better at that? You're good, but what what makes you kind of reach out for more challenges? Well, with that specifically, I mean, I spend a lot of time looking at what other people are doing. And when I got into this business, um, I didn't know anything. I never went to school. Um, so I, I, I was lucky enough to get an internship, and uh, I brought home all all the programs that they were using. I, I brought home all the books, and when I wasn't working, I was on my computer going through tutorials and learning more. And and that's pretty much what I've always done. Is is um, one of the things that I always believed since I was a kid that that anyone can be ignorant. Um, 
and that happens when you stop learning. So you, you know, constantly learning new things, and no matter what it is that you're doing, is only going to help you. Um, what's the there's a the There, there's a there's a, a a saying that is escaping me at the moment, but it's basically if you're not yeah if you're if you're not getting better you're getting worse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I spend a lot of time you know keeping keeping that in mind. Especially in your field too, like you started like a little while ago, uh, graphic design and the, and the things you do with the webmaster stuff. It's it's such a different world than it was two years ago. Let alone like when you started, like you know eight, ten, whatever years ago it was. It's a thing that's constantly 20. evolving. Yeah, constantly evolving. That it doesn't even resemble what it was when you first started. And it's something that you constantly oh, no. need to better yourself at to keep yourself employed, to keep a job uh, in your field. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because it, it's so easy to get behind. I mean, there's there's always new tools and new software and, and new platforms and all kinds of cool stuff that's coming out. And it's, it's impossible to be a, 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 a master at all of them. So you, you kind of have to pick and choose your battles. Exactly. And that's what we kind of, what the sh- I wanted the show to kind of be about is kind of like the acknowledgement that if you're not striving for something, if you don't have something to reach for, mm-hmm. Uh, I think a place of complacency is probably the darkest place you can possibly be in. I think that's kind of a void of any type of of motivation to be better. And, you know, Hayden is drumming, Robert with his his graphic arts, and I'm going to talk to Stacey in a second and see what she kind of feels. Um, You know, I see things, uh, I saw a news story online today, and I feel like some people are afraid to... uh, you know, when they're grown, they're far, afraid to kind of acknowledge where they came from. And, of course, racism, uh, homophobia is horrible across the board, and it's completely, you know, there's no room for it whatsoever in, in modern-day society or any society. But nowadays we've kind of, uh, you know, acknowledged that we've kind of screwed up in the past. And uh, there was somebody who dropped a derogatory term back in the early 2000s, and he's kind of paying for it right now. I saw um, a, a thing online, but... I know Robert and Hayden and I, we grew up in a time, you know, where that, you know, that word and those kind of phrasing has changed over the last 10, 15 years. I remember when I was in high school, we threw around those slurs like it was nothing. And now uh, we've kind of grown as people and realized that that's not cool. Maybe we shouldn't talk like that. And in 2016, a lot of us won't even think of using that kind of language or, or wording, but people tend to forget it was a different world back in 2003 and sometimes instead of throwing a lot of shade on someone back then, kind of look at where they've grown and look where they've developed and evolved as people and said, okay, well, that was me and this is me now. I don't think – I think it's, it's, it's a good thing to own your mistakes in the past, not try to hide them uh, from them. And it's too good to acknowledge that as society we've moved along and not hold someone accountable for their past uh, unless it's something atrocious. But you know what I'm getting at here? That's very vague, but yes, I believe I understand what. Uh, keeping in mind that that um, that society changes, and uh, as long as someone has changed along with us, maybe you should give them a pass on on uh, uh, being with the consensus back so long ago. Yes, that that was put in better and shorter terms. <laughs> but you know, we we talked yes. about this before with politicians, like. You know, people will hold someone to an ideal they had and say, well, you said this back in 1999, and now you're flip-flopping. I think actually staying the course when you know you're wrong is a far worse offense than evolving as a human being and admit that I've changed my mind and I've changed my goals. Since I've started DDP Yoga, my goals have changed. Like, in DDP Yoga, they've evolved to different things, and I've switched my uh, my ideas and my outcome that I desire. You know, people change, and their ideals change, and you constantly have to evolve it and kind of shoot to be a better person. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Stacey. No, I'm, I'm trying to confuse that. Mm. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good. Good comment there, Hayden. <laughs> uh, and I know Stacy. Uh, you know, what what is it that drives you? I know you, you've had an accomplished writing career and now you're going on to a different part of your life where you've been an inspiration to so many people along with your writing and now you're kind of using your writing and uh, your weight loss story to kind of inspire a lot of people and for people like you know 
looking on the outside, kind of look at you and say, oh, she's a finished product. She lost all her weight. Uh, but you still have a lot of things you want to accomplish. You still have a lot of maintenance that you have to do. What inspires you to kind of, uh, you know, keep trying to evolve within your new self when, you know, the scale is no longer really the motivation? Well, actually it is. The quick answer is menopause. That's lit a fire under me. Like, it was, it's almost like, it's, it's not quite like I've started over, but in some ways uh, I feel like, in the game of life, I've been I've been uh, sent back a few faces on the board, you know, on the monopoly board. So I'm having to relook at at food, at activity, you know, metabolism. It's like a whole new, um, really existence, you know, and it and it's it's got me on my toes. Let me tell you. And. That's what we're kind of talking about. Uh, you know, your your goal when you first started DDP Yoga was vastly different than the goal you try to portray now, the one you're trying to work towards. Um, uh, how do you kind of navigate, you know, where you want to go based on where you are in life? Well, I mean, I, I just, you know, I really tune into my, my intuition and, and inner wisdom, and I, I, I've always relied on that. Uh, in terms of where I want to be weight-wise, um, I don't, you know, I've never had much luck listening to insurance charts and, you know, just blanket statistics that say how much, you know, I should weigh based on my height. It just has never been a, a good litmus test for me. So it's really about being comfortable and feeling feeling like I have enough energy and mobility and I don't have the typical cliche, you know, ending to my story. You know, I don't, I don't march out in a bikini. You know, I'm, I have different, um, I don't know, just different. I have a different mindset, I guess. And I'm, and I'm older, and you know, I am where I am. I, I don't, I'm not quite where I want to be, but I'm using this particular phase in my life to really. I've got to really practice now, you know, being patient with myself, um, you know, not beating myself up, not being too critical, because uh, it's it's completely new. I mean, I I've I've heard about this phase from others, you know, Terry Lang, the godmother. That's kind of what got her on this course of being healthier. It was when she hit her fifties, and um, until you really live it, though. <laughs> It, it is very challenging um, because I've always been able to kind of balance the scale, so to speak, by just upping the workouts, upping the cardio. And I don't know, it's probably hard to imagine. I mean, imagine doing extra workouts and doing cardio and having it not really have an effect. So I've got to really watch out for not getting frustrated, which can you know, when I when I get those triggers, that can very easily, um, you know, lead back to food if I'm not, like, on all cylinders. And by that, I mean, this kind of ties into the head and the heart that you were talking about. I mean, everything ideally should be in balance, you know. So I don't just pay attention to food and, and exercise. Um, it's the emotions, you know, how am I feeling emotionally, uh, what do I need to pay attention to? Do I need to uh, have have some honest conversations with people? I've got to keep everything in check. And, um, you know, when I was first, well, I've struggled with my weight most of my life. And mentally, I always knew, you know, I wanted the weight off. My head was very clear on what I wanted. But I couldn't for the life of me pull it together at an emotional level. And that, that just took really years of working on myself and healing some of those wounds. Um, and that's just the reality. That's, that's the core of my story. I, I, I can't stand, um, you know, diet, um, diet books and diet philosophies that are manipulative and promise quick fixes because I, 
it, it, that's never existed for me. So, you know, it takes time to tie the head and the heart together. And if you're an emotional eater or if you've got emotional wounding, it really is uh, a process with no timetable. That we, we don't control the timetable. All you can do is participate in it and, and be your own best advocate um, and then watch what happens. I mean, that, that's all, that's a phenomenal point, and you know the the change the the thing you're dealing with now is different than you ever dealt with. Like you said, you're facing a different set of challenges uh, in this stage of your life than you would have in your younger days, uh, or when you were a child, or whatever. Um, but you know, the running to stand still uh, at times can often be debilitating for somebody who has been. Uh, who has made really good changes in their life and really big changes? The fact that you gotta, you know, keep working to just maintain can often be, um, uh, you know, hard for people. And, and you're dealing with, uh, you know, kind of a scenario like that uh, now, where you're see yourself working, but you're not getting the results that you did, you know, in previous uh, stages of your life. Um, that can lead to people falling off the rails. And you've got to kind of, you know, we talked about the, the head and the heart. You've got to kind of wrap your head around what you're doing and kind of in, analyze uh, where you're at and what you're working towards and kind of find uh, different ways and different paths to inspire you or motivate you or drive you. And it's hard for someone who's been conditionally based, uh, uh, based conditionally on the weight loss and the scale and the toning and the, the achieving new things, that whole running just to stand still can be hard for people. Yeah, or in my yeah. case, walk, walking to stand still. I, I've, I walk about eight miles a day, um, sometimes more. And wow. I figure even yeah. if it's, even if nothing's happening, I've got to somehow still be further ahead, you know. And I, I just all I do is I show up and do what work I can, and I know a lot of the results are at this point out of my hands. You know, so it's it's important to remember also the big picture and look at everything that I have accomplished, everything in my life that I'm grateful for. And uh, this certainly is not the biggest cross one can bear in life, you know. you got to keep things in perspective, too. So, um, you know, I, I'm just, it's, it's an unfolding thing. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be probably a passage out at some point. But, you know, that's just where I am. I'm not thrilled about it, but um, I'm being pragmatic. You know, I'm just looking at it objectively, uh, and I, I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it derail me because the last thing I want to do is look and feel the way I did seven years ago. Neat. I was kind of. I, I was. I was. What? Go ahead. I know, I just, I was half alive. It wasn't so much, I mean, it was the way I looked but and, and the weight, but I was really half alive. Um, you know, one, one of my friends said, you know, back in those days, you, you were always like, you seemed like you were about to fall asleep, you know, and I remember that. I mean, I've, I've kind of forgotten it, but if I think of back, I, I do remember that feeling of almost, you know, being like nodding off, and I, I don't want to go back to that, where like three-quarters of my life force is is snuffed out by by the weight and by the junk food that I'm trying to process through my, my system. The, uh, you know, the, the weight loss was great, and that's actually what led me the first time I had ever lost weight to kind of uh, slip back into my old habits, and completely gain all of it back. I lost, I have told you guys this on the show before, 100 pounds in 2007, lost it all. And uh, when I got to the point where, the, where you know, every time I'd go to the scale and I weighed in, and I, if I, at my weigh-in location, I was three pounds down, two pounds down, four pounds, one pound. That was, a, that was a drug to me. That was a high for me. That was an accomplishment. And that was what drove me for that scale, having that accountability and standing on the scale and seeing it go down became a drug to me. And it, it, it wasn't the healthy part of, of how I was handling the situation. So when that drug cut off and I no longer had that motivation and that going to the scale and seeing that I kind of stayed even wasn't really 
giving me the high that I wanted. And uh, it was kind of hard for me to deal with. And after that, I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't need to go in a way in because I'm wearing B, so I skip a couple way ins and I skip a couple more. And sooner or later, I start gaining all the weight back. And it was hard for me to navigate that, that whole, you know, staying, uh, maintaining, uh, being a drive for me. Um, but when you get to, you know, now with the education that I know and the things that I know from talking to you and talking to people in the community, I've kind of realized, as cliche as it sounds, the, the unquantifiable um, parts of your journey are the most important, not the number on the scale, not the inches lost, but as you, you said just a minute ago, Stacey, the way you feel, uh, your happiness, your stamina, the things that you can't calculate are the things that really, really matter. Oh yeah, that I mean that's really the truth, and that's that's just what I I keep remembering. And I think um, you know the the most famous success story of all, Arthur Borman. He'd be the first one to concur with that. And I mean everybody knows who Arthur is, and has probably seen the YouTube video. Um, and that can be that video and his story. I think can be. Simultaneous, simultaneously inspiring and a little daunting, you know, and especially if you're new to this or if you haven't even, you know, gotten the DVDs or done a workout. Um, it's really everyone's journey is a step at a time. And, you know, Arthur was pretty dynamic in his transformation. It happened pretty quickly. But everyone's journey is different. And um, it really is a workout at a time and, and a day at a time. You know, don't look at the whole road ahead because it's too overwhelming. I mean, definitely check in with Arthur's video for, for a quick shot of inspiration. But um, then just go back to your everyday life. Get support. Go over to Team DDP Yoga. Make some new friends. I mean, that's how I started. I just I, I started friending people who looked like they had nice smiles, you know. So I didn't know where else to start. But you know, yeah, how'd you come across the, Mike then? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you, 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 I mean, Dallas said to me in the very beginning, <laughs> "You're going to get out of this what you put into it," and he wasn't just talking about the workout. Uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of support if you reach out for it, if you if you extend yourself and say, hey, hi, here I am. This is my deal. This is what I'd like to do. Here's why I'm here. And uh, you'll definitely be met with a lot of uh, welcome support, welcoming support. You know, and that that's a real big part of this. It's not just about, well, how much weight did you lose this week? It's uh, It's about making connections because... That's ultimately, that's part of our health too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to really single anybody out. Or I don't mean this to be critical, but I, um, the the ideal back in my day, like in, in the 70s, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and the bodybuilders. You know, they were like the Iron Gods. And now I look at bodybuilders, and I just, I I think to me. Some of them just look so empty. I mean, they're physically impressive, they're flawless and all that, but they've, they've obsessed on the physical to such an extent that I think they've forgotten their, their emotions, their hearts, and they're almost like these alien robots, you know, focused on their pecs. And, and it's really <laughs> happiness is the whole picture. The whole picture is being able to laugh and and, you know, um, be imperfect and, and accept yourself for who you are while also trying trying to be, you know, a better version of yourself, too. It sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. Oh. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll one thing, <laughs> yeah, and one thing that I look at is I was talking to someone not too long ago, and they were talking about, well, I want to do what Arthur did. And... Uh, my 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 response was, um, you know, the, the only difference between you and Arthur is is just one workout. I mean, do you think you can do one workout? And and that's really all it is is just doing one because after you do that one, you feel better, and then you just do one more. 
And as long as you can keep doing that, I mean, you think about the entire yeah. transformation of Arthur that took nine months to to get to where he he felt comfortable. There was a, you you look at all that and it's daunting. But it, but all he did was do he just did one workout. Yeah, so true. And most of us, most of us aren't going to. He was really challenged. I mean, he was like literally falling over his first workout. You know, and yeah. Um, you, you, most of us don't have to go through that, so just think, look at it that way too. You got, you got a little bit of a, a head start uh, from where he began. Mhm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually, um, you know, you, you talked about the <laughs> bodybuilders and Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff, and personally, I can relate to that kind of lifestyle, as you can all see. Um, you know, Arnold, we, we, yeah. we have the oh, same kind of physical so structure. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you, know, you mentioned, <laughs> oh, well, Mr. Pectoral, um, <laughs> but, uh, Stacey, you had mentioned something, uh, before that I kind of, I, you know, I, I kind of stuck with me a little bit. Um, and Robert, you kind of put it in great perspective too, that it's, it sounds so cliche one day at a time, one day at a time. It's, you know, it sounds, you know, it's a saying that we've heard a million times. And I feel like a lot of those sayings, like even the greatest of them, once you say them every single, like so often that you kind of forget their meaning and you're just kind of spouting nonsense and actually like internalizing what the, what it means. But it really is true. If you focus on getting today done, just today, that's all you got to worry about. All I got to do is get today done and then you get it done. And then tomorrow you work, you say, all I got to do is today. And it breaks it down. And I find that me too, this is a huge problem of mine. I focus on what needs to be done. I focus on the outcome where I'm planning to be. I have to be at this weight, and that's what I focus on. And, like, getting to there is overwhelming. But people tend to forget the beauty of the journey of getting down there, the small steps along the way, and how much you learn about yourself in the process. How much, you know, people starting to tell you, you look good, you, you look better, you look happy. And you start noticing little things about yourself are changing. That's the beauty. I don't find the beauty at the goal weight. I find the beauty at the journey along the way and the things you learn about yourself. And you find out how strong you are. And it really is. It's, it's you know, I, I'm not, you know, a religious or spiritual guy, but it's almost like a kind of like a spiritual feeling, the, the kind of thing that comes over you during this journey of, you know, the self-discovery. Yeah. The thing is with that as well, though, you have a, a goal, you have an ideal weight that you want to reach. But when you reach that, and you touched on this earlier, Mike, you reach that, you see that the scale is not going to move anymore. That's where you want to be. What do you do next? What do you do with your mindset then? And this is where a lot of people tend to lose it as well, is trying to sort of focus on where they can go next with the workouts, what they can do next. Um, maybe picking up on a move that they want to work on a particular move set. Maybe you want to work on Black Crow, Wrap and Burn, or something like that. Maybe you want to improve your inversion. Or Hood Ornament. Um, yeah, but, yeah, thanks, Robert. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, Thank you. But I'll back. It's, it's kind of shifting that mindset from, okay, I've reached my goal weight. I've reached where I want to be with my weight, with my size. What's next? Now I want to try and achieve something else with the workouts. Maybe, like Robert said, maybe hood ornaments been something you're not managed. Maybe you want to try and focus on that from now on. Or maybe, maybe certification. Is, maybe certification. I, I wasn't going to go there right away, but thank you, Mike. Um, but that's the idea. It's, it's always having another fresh goal to go for. That's what happened to me. I reached where I wanted to be, but I knew that there were other places that I could go. It's like I'm going to quote Dallas without meaning to, but there's always somewhere else to go. There is, so. and you have to keep your mind active. You have to keep excited about about something. Um, yeah, and, and there there is an element of, you know, just I love being at a weight I want to be, where, you know, goal weight, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. It's so it's so enjoyable. It's such a it's almost a relief. But you do yep. have to have challenges. And. Um, yeah. Certification is certainly a great way to challenge yourself. I know a lot of our members are really, some of them are very into uh, marathons because it's a great way to physically challenge yourself and also um, support a good cause, you know, a charity. 
So and and you know working on those elusive things like Black Crow, I still I do my own version of Black Crow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm always trying to improve it too and get get a little more flexible. Um, so that's yeah. a great point. It's it's things like let's go to Black Crow as a prime example for me. I started with that. I reached my goal weight. I got certified. The next goal was I want to hold Black Crow for however long. And I set a, a simple little target of just five seconds. And that took me six months. But once I did five, I then moved that to ten. And now I'm, I'm still, I can't get past 20 seconds at the minute, but I'm aiming for a minute. And I've got about a list of probably five or ten different moves that are on my goals. That's where I want to get. Banana splits is one of them. Forearm balance is another one, as Steve Doyle and Liz can testify to, because I moan at them all the time, because I can't do it yet. But I can't do it yet. It's my new goal. It's what I'm working to. So even though I jump on the scale, it always says, I'm English, so I'm going to say in stone, but it always says somewhere between 12 stone 10 and 13 stone. It doesn't really move nowadays, which is good. That doesn't stop me staying motivated and wanting to get back on the mat and do something new, do something fresh. Um, I unfortunately can't really run because of knee injuries, but yeah, you know, the marathon's a good idea. Going out doing a 10K, doing a marathon, doing some kind of fun running as well. Just make sure you do HBK afterwards, stretch it out. That, that's what's great about the DDP yoga thing too is, is when you work towards those goals, like you can actually see it on a daily basis, see the changes. Yeah. Um, my first Black Crow attempt is actually was caught on film by the Boston bad boy. Uh, Dallas was trying to show me how to do it. I was, I was taking Dallas around Boston. We were hitting some independent shows and that, we were upset. That video I watched. Yes. I, we were that upset. was the one that got me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That we uh, we were upstairs at the gymnasium and and I was talking about Black Crow and Dallas was like get down there and try it and I'm like I'm not ready for that yet and he's like just try it and so I try it and of course Bad Boy brings out the camera probably as uh, some kind of blackmail to use at a later date and I've got these friggin' rock and roll boots like these 70s rocker style pointy tipped like high boots a pair of tight ass jeans and I get yep. on the Black Crow thing <laughs> I couldn't even put my hands down to the floor. <laughs> It was the most embarrassing first Black Crow. But if you go to Mike Mullins' DC Yoga on YouTube and click on my account, like, I have these documented, like, where I would try it. And, like, I actually got up for a second, and then I got up for five seconds. And, like, you kept going and going. So it's pretty cool when you have those, like, those goals, and especially if you can kind of film yourself doing them. Because if you go on my YouTube channel, you can see that first Black Crow with Dallas, where I couldn't even put my both my hands on my fat on my on the mat with my feet on the floor, all the way to doing an an over one minute and thirty second black crow. I've done almost a two minute black crow from that moment there, and well, that's then. a quantifiable that's awesome. goal. And yeah. that's what drives you. And you see the changes along the way. It's not like some kind of elusive, like oh maybe it's working. You see your progress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw the uh, I don't know if you saw the message, uh, uh, Mike, but we've got a uh, uh, Steve Doyle on hold. Yeah, I, I was just I was just going to him. Hey, okay, Doyle rule. <laughs> hey, how's it going? How's it going, hey, Steve? Hey, Steve. Right on. Stevie. How's my brother from another mother over in England? Uh, yeah, cold and tired. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fantastic. I'm. I'm hot and sweaty. I just finished working out a little bit ago and jumped onto the show because uh, I don't have any classes tonight, so I figured I'd just call in. Yeah, talking about the Black Crow guys, I mean, that's awesome. I, I know, I like Hayden said, he, he phones, gets a hold of me, he phones me, we chat about uh, inversions and those kind of things, and it's all about that those small goals. You know, you set small goals and then work on them, and, you know, eventually you're going to get to the to the big ones that you're after, right? You know, so... Uh, just keep at it. Uh, Steve Doyle is our is our Canadian brother, uh, DDP Yoga Warrior, and he, I I may be misspeaking here, but you are one of the first in Canada to be certified. Is that right, or is it the sort of first? I was the he first. Was, yes, the first. That's yeah. what I thought. I was just I was just trying to make sure I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. But yeah, you were the first guy in Canada to be uh, <laughs> to be certified. Um, 
but you know, you're killing it with your classes up there too. Just real quick, uh, when do you do your classes, and how can people get a hold of them in your area? Um, they can go to my website, uh, com. And I right now I'm scaled back to three classes a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. But after Labor Day, we're back to four classes a week, which is Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You're killing it. We've That's got awesome, uh, Hayden, who was the first in the U.K. and pretty much the first in the entire world. we got Doyle, who's the Canadian certified within, like, two seconds, first in Canada, and then some other people here who are still uh, working on things. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> cue, cue Robert. <laughs> Mike. Uh, but uh, no, you guys, you guys are really an inspiration and are huge. The certification program, um, of course, Hayden's kind of pulled on a lot more weight and is actually doing a lot of work for the company, heading the DDP Yoga certification. Steve Doyle has been a mentor to so many people on the DDP Yoga certification group. We just had Stacy get certified. Um, it's really a hell of a process, and, you know, it's one of those things that you're doing well out there. You guys are going out and you're doing classes, you know, when you want to, make a little extra cash, you know, keeping yourself active because one of the – we talked about keeping motivated and trying to keep ourselves, you know, fit while we've gotten to where we want to be. You know, when you're doing the certification, you know, you're you're doing classes. You're kind of obligated to kind of stay in that uh, the shape as well as you're doing it several times a night. Um, it's a really great yeah. process to keep Absolutely. yourself in shape. You need to be, I mean, the, the certification process is designed to get you in shape for teaching in class. Um, but, I mean, the, the sort of view that I take, I don't know if Steve or Stacy take this sort of approach, but the class itself isn't a workout for you that's teaching it. You're teaching oh, the class to work out for those guys. So if you have to spend the entire class modifying then that's what you're you do there it. to do. You're there to teach. You're there to show them the way forward. Um, so, yeah, all right, I might teach maybe six classes, seven classes a week, but I'll still get on the mat four or five times a week myself mm-hmm. and do my own personal workout. So it's also having the motivation to, to realize that I've got to get up tomorrow morning and do a workout. I've got to get up on Friday morning and do a workout, even though I'm teaching those nights. And I think, Steve, you take a similar approach, don't you? Yeah, very similar. Um yeah, I, like right now, I've got uh, two direct uh, uh, men- mentorees or <laughs> however you say it in my class that I'm teaching how to instruct as well as teaching to instruct. Uh, and I I was lucky enough to have the, the first female certified instructor come through my club and teach her up uh, with, with Kristen Penner. She's done a fantastic job. And now that we've got some depth, we can have somebody take on a lead in a workout and have others go out and correct and help um, mm-hmm. with modifications and, and suggestions and help people get to a point where they're very, very comfortable in the class and able to do a workout without uh, feeling shy, embarrassed, or any of those things. So it, it's been a great thing for me, and, uh, you know, we've got some growth going on up here, so it's, it's great. You know, uh, the fact that we're able to, to do that and I have a guy that has a massive back injury from, uh, I don't know, last year or year before. He's now able to move, and he, he just loves coming to class. He's able to, to to do things that he hasn't been able to do since his injury, you know, like touch his toes and, you know, some, those small victories. So uh, when when you get certified, it doesn't stop there. It's You you actually end up amping it up, and you, you take bigger strides to – to um to to really support the the whole organization and the networking that you've developed in your own group, right? Mhm. Yeah. You, good you, point. You got to keep yourself on point too, you know. It it's motivation for you like you said Hayden, you know, do the workouts in your private time and, and keep your routine going because you know, obviously you're there representing the company, showing people how to do things. And, you know, if I was going to go and teach Hayden, how to, you know, do an instructional uh, for Hayden on how to do drums, and I don't know how to do drums, and I'm just banging the crap out of them, you know, no one's going to, you know, take what I say and, and kind of internalize it. And when you have a class of people and they need a demonstration of something, you need to be able to know what you're doing. you got to keep yourself in shape to kind of be that uh, representative and kind of example for the people that you're Absolutely. leading. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, completely. 
And it's also it's nice as well when like you know I I probably spend the weekends for me are class free and I'll do maybe Extreme Psycho or Double Black Diamond or you know one of the live app workouts or something like that. Um, but in the week, my workouts, my personal workouts are spent doing things that I need to work on. They're spent doing like I'll make sure I. I try and work in banana splits into the routine. I'll try and work the inversions into what I'm doing. Because it's my progression. It's for me personally. You know, whereas for a class, I'm trying to push everybody else. And in your class, like Steve said, you might have a guy who's got a back injury. You might have someone who can't actually get up and down properly without the use of a chair. You might have someone who's over the age of 65. So it's tailoring the class to what you've got. And we have the uh, the website, uh, jfyogacertification.com. And, Hayden, you guys are doing a great job, you and Yoga Doc. And you guys have a, a network of mentors, too, like Steve Doyle and Dave Orth. And, and, like, just, I can't even name all of them. So many people on the Facebook page and the forum at the DDP Yoga, you know, website that we give you so many tools to kind of uh, be the best, best teacher you can be so you can go out and have the kind of uh, – a toolbox that you need to teach, and then you go on and you become as great as you can, and you get out of it as much as you put into it, just like the DDP yoga. It kind of all fits into one yeah. uh, singular mindset. Yeah. I mean, the key point is the fact that irrelevant of whether we're talking certification here or not, we're talking about the fact that once you've reached your original goal, whatever that may be, there's always somewhere else to go. There's always somewhere else you can take this. Absolutely, man. And even with the certification, there's we're working on multi-level certifications. This is kind of evolving as the company evolves. Uh-huh. You know, we it's grown huge leaps and bounds. And even with the certification, when you think you got it, there's always some place to go, some place to better mm-hmm. yourself, which we're going to talk about in the coming weeks as as things start to unfold a little bit. Oh yeah. And uh, that's yeah, all well, I'm saying for now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, we talked about the head and the heart and of course the heart has dreams, the heart has goals. You know, I've always said there's a difference between, eh, I'd like to do something. Yeah. I'd like to lose a hundred pounds. Sure. I'd like to. And then there's a difference between I'd like to, and I'm going to, and I want to, there's a want, there's a need, there's a desire to get there. You know, I'd like, sure. I'd like to be a millionaire, but I'm probably not going to go hustle, you know, on wall street and make it happen or whatever, you know? there's a difference between a pipe dream and a dream that I'm going to make happen at all costs. And it's kind of one of those things you think about it, the mentality of it. Really there's very few things that are off limits to myself. If I actually kind of just completely dive in head first. And it's, it's a weird mindset to think that where I want to be in life is actually within my reach. It's actually, it's, it's possible. And I just got to put the head into the action and, you know, so many people forget that. They, oh, I, want, I wish I could lose 150 pounds. I wish I could run a marathon. You can. It's just it's a matter of putting your dreams into action. It's making the goals smaller and more achievable. If your overall goal is to lose 150 pounds, why don't you start off by saying, I'm going to lose 50? Mm-hmm. And when you've exactly. lost that 50, you just want to go further. You know, and you can go further again. And when you've reached 150, then you look at what the next goal is. But make it small, make it achievable. It's all there in the program guide, isn't it? It's one of the first things that you read when you open the program attainable. guide. Attainable. Yeah, mm-hmm. making everything attainable. Yeah. And also ink it down, write it down somewhere. I, I have yeah, a you, you you've got to be able to walk before or crawl before you walk, walk before you jog, jog before you run run before you sprint it's those small incremental steps that are going to make all the difference in in succeeding at your major goal you have to have those minor goals in between to build on mm-hmm. i have a good friend on the ddp yoga page and i'll leave his name out just kind of embarrass him but he, he gets on these kicks where he's like oh i'm going to amp things up and i'm going to lose 40 pounds this month i'm just i'm going to do it and then he works so hard to the point where he realizes that that's probably not going to happen towards the end of the month and it can't physically, you know, where he's at in the month, can't make it happen and he kind of forgets the goals. But I said, if you make small goals that you know that you can hit, those small goals will give you the confidence to kind of keep moving forward to make big goals. 
Because when I start hitting four or five goals, I'm like, man, I got this. I'm doing well. But when you set these lofty goals that you probably, you know, you possibly could hit, but in all likelihood, it's a lot of uh, a lot of chance there. Um, not hitting those goals is kind of a little punch to the ego. So when you got the small goals and you keep hitting them, it kind of amps up to bigger, uh, bigger things. Yeah. I mean, I, personally, I, I did a little thing when I started. I just wanted to lose, like, 10 pounds. That's all I wanted to do, and I set myself a goal of doing it in a month. When I first started DDP yoga, about 225 pounds, I just wanted to drop down to 215. That's all I wanted to do, get down to 215, and then I'd be happy in a month's time. And that month went by, and I'd done, like, 22 pounds in a month. That felt incredible because I'd set myself a target of 10 and I'd doubled it. So make it an attainable one and then smash that attainable target out of the park. Yeah. You know what I... Yeah, and you know what I love is uh, on the DDP Yoga page on Facebook, Mm -hmm. listening and, and seeing the posts of some of the newer people and how amazed they are at just from doing the workouts and, you know, not even doing anything major with the food, but just the workouts and eating a little more carefully. They're like, wow, man, I've like surpassed my expectations. I feel better. I'm lighter. And I, I just couldn't believe it was this attainable, you know? So if you have any doubts about, you know, what can happen, check out, check out some of the members and what they're doing. And it's really yeah. a, a matter of, just showing up and committing to doing some workouts every week, you know, X number per week, whatever is going to be the magic number for you that's doable. And mm-hmm. amazing things do happen. Yeah, it's exciting to see those people uh, have those small victories because it drives the people that have been around for so long, you know, to 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 keep going hard. I mean, it, it's just like going back to when we all started. It's just exciting to to see those things happen. The the incredible thing now is, I mean, I started in 2013. Mike, you started when? 2011. 2011. Robert, you've been around for a very long time. Stacey, seven years. (laughs) I started in 2009. Yeah, and Steve, you were about 2013 as well, same as me. 2013 Um, as well, yes. I don't know about you guys, but when I started, I felt like I was the only person in the world doing this. Now, we have a community on Facebook where there are nearly 12,000 people on that site. 12,000 people. Every time a new person comes on, they either post how awesome it is or how scared they were when they started and they're glad they started. And every time someone does, they get somewhere in the region of 100 likes and maybe 100 comments and people saying welcome to the team, and it's just so inspiring. That makes me want to get up and yeah. do a workout. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I when that uh, DDP yoga page was under 1,000 people is when I took it over. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and, oh, my God, now look at it. Amazing. Yeah, we, we, we've chatted about that quite a bit. Like, Robert, when I first started, Robert was in the chat room, probably Dave Orff, Sparky, maybe give or take Doug Steffen, depending on where he was in the world. It was just like five of us just chatting in the chat room, shooting questions back and forth, and it was it was dead. Like it was, we've talked about this before that DDP Yoga wasn't an overnight success. It's like a long, long time to build. Mm-hmm. But now that I've oh, yeah. been here and I've I've, uh, I've developed so many friendships and I've got so many people on my Facebook page, and sometimes like my biggest inspirations come from just popping up someone's status on Facebook and. Honestly, it's so ingrained in my life now, and so much of my network is through DDP Yoga. I couldn't avoid it if I wanted to. If I if I didn't do a workout for ten years, I would still be involved with everybody because they're just constantly, you know, connected with me, and we've made friendships and connections that I couldn't avoid even if I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. No, that's very true. Yep, and uh, well, we're we're about to wrap things up. It's about the hour now. Um, but uh, we're going to let you go. Steve Doyle, I want you to come back again soon. Uh, I missed you on the show that you were here, and uh, you're always fun to talk to, you, so we're going to have you back on yeah. soon. You, you just claimed that was unintentional, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime, anytime, guys. I, I appreciate the time that you let me stay on today. Oh, anytime, man. I appreciate you calling. And uh, Steve right, Doyle's on Facebook. You can find him, and he's got his classes up uh, north of the border where I am. 
uh, as well. So check out Steve Doyle online. And, of course, uh, the God of Thunder himself, Hayden Walden, staying up late. Uh, go get some sleep, man. As always. Thanks, Thanks for staying up with us, Hayden. Thanks. Hey, guys, Mike, I wanted to... I wanted to mention, I have somewhere in my archives, there is an essay about the head and the heart connection. If anyone wants to read it, just Google Stacey Morris head, heart, and you'll find it. But there's always lots to say on that subject. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, will, I will post that on my page tonight. And now that I know that I totally ripped off your idea, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's a universal idea. It's owned by um, no one. But as always, uh, you can get a hold of uh, Hayden over at deepyogaworkshops.com. He handles a bunch of stuff on that along with Yoga Doc. They do a great project over there. DeepyogaCertification.com. Uh, I'm sorry, Yoga Certification. I was looking at the workshop page right now because I'm about to read through the schedule real quick before we leave. Uh, Saturday, <sighs> August 6, 2016, the Deep Yoga Performance Center in Smyrna, Georgia, the, uh, the workshop, the ultimate workshop. Uh, also, Saturday, August 13th, uh, Romeoville, Illinois, uh, DDP Yoga Perspiration Meets Inspiration Workshop. And uh, October 1st, 2016, Beverly Hills, Michigan. Get all your information over at ddpyogaworkshops.com. I'm going to get out of here before Robert just cuts me off and comes over here and stabs me. But thank you guys so much. Hey, thank listen, you, go thank get you, some Stacey. ice. Ice yourself. Take good care of yourself, okay? I will. And, uh, Robert, I'll be pressing charges. I know it was you, brother. <laughs> I, All right, guys. I, my lawyers are waiting. Until <laughs> next time, thanks for listening. We'll Good be night, off guys. next week. Good, Good night, guys. We'll guys. Have a great week. Yes, we'll be off next week uh, for the 4th of July, but we will be back the following week with all kinds of ridiculousness as usual. So until then, remember to work hard, shoot for your dreams, and you never, ever, ever give up. See you guys. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! He's in a diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. Mm-hmm.